Can anyone see what did this have to do? Can I catch? <laughs> Come on, anyone got it? Well, we're going to have to ask Mary. Go on then, Mary. Right. Who was it who was speaking to the crowd? Peter the Rock. Yeah, this is a piece of blue lias, which is a, a local Jurassic limestone from around here. Um, but um, Peter was called by Jesus the Rock, wasn't he? That's what his name means, Peter uh, the Rock. Um, does anyone think of anything a bit strange about hearing Peter preaching like that? With, yeah, he, uh, only a few weeks ago, he had completely denied even knowing Jesus. And near, now he's standing up in front of a crowd of thousands, preaching him. Uh, uh, we heard a powerful sermon yesterday in uh, St. George's Palace, George's Chapel, but uh, it must have been an even more powerful sermon when Peter uh, got up and preached. But do you know, the strange thing is, yeah, a few weeks before, he hadn't even recognised Jesus uh, who he was. He wouldn't even say he knew him. Now, as some of you know, Karen and I are geologists. And uh, we met, actually, on, on, the, on, the, on the Pembrokeshire coast path, walking along with our little hammers, saying, well, that's a nice hammer you've got, <laughs> as you do. <laughs> and geological hammers are good because, actually, what they're for is to take a piece of rock and smash the building up. I did put a, now, I didn't put any protective clothing on. Um, but actually, that... I know, Adrian's going for me again. Yeah. Um, that is actually what Peter was like, wasn't he? On the day of Pentecost, just before, a broken rock. He was broken. He wasn't full of confidence. He was absolutely, completely shattered. Now, obviously, he's met with Jesus, and next week, actually, we're going to be thinking about that meeting of Peter with Jesus, which happened beforehand. So that's already helped him on his road to recovery. But something quite amazing has happened uh, on that day when the Spirit came. To, to, in order to, to change Peter, um, then something quite amazing has happened. Now, um, I'm going to show you a picture from our holiday. Steve, thank you. There we are. This is... <laughs> Karen didn't know this was coming. This is Karen on our lovely holiday. While you were enjoying beautiful, hot, sunny weather, we were on the coral beaches in Skye, and that is, it was about a 40-mile-an-hour wind on that occasion, but it went up to about 60 on Friday. Um, so there's Karen leaning into the wind, all waterproofs and everything. Um, but it's... The wind is a pretty strong thing, isn't it? Uh, I know because I lost one of my gloves. I took off, uh, I, I saw these interesting birds on the cliff top when it was 60 mile an hour wind and I took my right hand glove off to use my camera and suddenly whoosh, the glove was gone. So somewhere in the, in the North Sea is a glove um, and um, it's really powerful. Uh, and wind came and it, it transformed everybody in that room. Also, what else came in that story? Fire, fire came. Right, be careful about fire. We've already burnt this building down once. Um, the fire came, 
And you remember yesterday, in yesterday's sermon, he talked about the fire, the fire of love. This was the fire of the Holy Spirit that came. And that is what changed Peter from being a broken wreck into a confident leader of the church. Isn't that amazing? So I don't know how you feel today, whether you feel like uh, a confident person or whether you feel like a broken person. Uh, And I guess you might be a bit of each. Um, I have to say, I'm going to be really honest, I feel really disappointed standing here today because I've been trying to encourage uh, everybody to come and covenant together on this day uh, but for all sorts of good reasons that people can't be here. Um, so I, I, I have to feel, say, I, I'm honest, I feel disappointed today. But I feel really encouraged to see you here. Is that all right? Because actually, when Jesus began his ministry, he just chose 12 people, didn't he? And they weren't perfect people either. So he chose 12 people, and, and that was all, all he needed. So we, the fact is, we are here, and God's spirit is here. So we're going to teach you a song. Um, and also, what, one thing you noticed in that speech, I did spare Yanis having to read out all those different names of countries, Cappadocia and all those kind of places. Um, I'm sure he would have read them perfectly. But uh, um, anyway... We're going to learn a language. Can anyone speak Greek? No? Well, here's... Yes, a little bit. Here's two words of Greek. Kyrie eleison. Do you know what that means? Kyrie eleison? Lord, have mercy. Yeah. I think there was a problem with with Pentecost, isn't there? Do do, Do you like hype? Do you know what I mean? hype that, that builds something up that's going to be fantastic and uh, you go to this meeting and uh, there's this fantastic expectation that if you sing the right Matt Redmond song that everything's going to happen and you know um, actually there was no expectation was there on Pentecost nobody expects, oh, the Spanish Inquisition I was going to say, nobody expected quite what happened did they um, and yet when God comes in an authentic way the people who are broken people who are receptive, people who are waiting uh, for him, then uh, remarkable things happen. Okay, so let's have a look at that. Have you got your Bibles? Let's have a look at your Bibles. And um, First of all, this first, first part of the talk is about the individual effects of Pentecost. Notice... The flames landed on each person. They didn't just pick out certain people in in the group. The flames landed on each person. And when they went out into the crowd, everybody heard it in their own language. So it doesn't matter what language you speak. I don't know whether they would have... uh, had anyone speaking Latvian there, but uh, if there were any Latvian people there, they would have spoken, the Spirit would have spoken in Latvian. Uh, But every language that was there, uh, the people heard. All people, all people received the Spirit. So have a look at verses 17 and 18. Verses 17 and 18 what can we find out in, uh, in Joel's gospel, uh, Joel's, uh, Joel's prophecy? What can we find out about the people who were affected? Who does it include? Well, let's, let's go through the list, shall we? 
Okay, let's start. Sons and daughters. Okay, so we've got sons here. Um, we haven't got any of the younger children uh, here today, uh, the girls, but if, if we had, then the Spirit comes on everyone. Sons and daughters. Yeah, anything else? Young men and old men. Put your hands if you're a young man. <laughs> yes. Okay, depends how you see yourself, doesn't it? Young men will see visions. What about old men? Dream dreams. Yeah, Ray, okay, well, there we go. So that's it. Age is no barrier. And sometimes people think, you know, they write you off if you're above a certain age or below a certain age. This, the spirit does not. Old men, young men, uh, sons and daughters, and then servants. Yeah, I mean, interesting, isn't it, that some people think that if you're a particular class, that you're not that important. If you're a person who waits in a restaurant or uh, empties dustbins or cleans floors or whatever, that you're not important. Actually, the Spirit comes on all people, including servants, and then it says both men and women. So when the the Spirit comes uh, and gives gifts, he gives gifts to everybody. Children can prophesy. So can women. You know, people who are often silenced in church, uh, there is no way of justifying it from this scripture. The Spirit is poured out on all people. Uh, full stop. Um, so, uh, when they hear this, what, 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 do, what does Peter say then uh, in verse... What do, what do the people say in verse 37? They hear this message about Jesus, who was crucified and is now raised from the dead. What do people say? What shall we do? What shall we do? When they suddenly realise the Spirit has convicted them that they, that they are responsible, if you like, for having killed Jesus. What, the, what, what, does, Paul, what does Peter say? Repent and be baptised. In other words, whatever you've done in the past, uh, turn away from it. However, your brokenness, whatever it is, turn away and, uh, and, and be baptised. So we were thinking about baptism, of course, a lot at Easter, when Bevan was baptised. It's an opportunity to put the past behind, isn't it? And look forward to the future that God wants to do with his spirit. So notice that when the Spirit came, it came on the individuals there, every single person. Nobody was excused or accepted. Isn't that great? So if you're thinking, if you're sitting here today and you think, oh, God, God wouldn't touch me with his Holy Spirit, think again. He will. He will. Do you know, I'm going to tell you a story, actually. I've just thought about this. I, I was leading a a praise evening once, many, many years ago, before I became a minister, while well, I was still a teacher. And my, um, my boss came from work. I invited, his, his, his wife was a Christian, but he wasn't. And so Martin came rather reluctantly to this meeting. And he came with his son as well. And uh, during the, the praise, uh, and um, I... People were invited to sort of listen to what God was saying. And at the end of the service, um, I spoke to Martin and, and I was praying, oh, 
Martin, the spirit will touch him, that he'll be really, his life will be changed, my boss, you know. And uh, he, he was completely unmoved by the service. But his nine-year-old son said, he said, when we were in that praise time, nine-year-old, he said, I heard a voice saying to me, um, you are the young seed and I am the sower. Now, does that sound like the kind of thing that a nine-year-old boy would make up? It doesn't, does it? it, it, it so I, you know, I, I said to him, Robert, I think God has spoken to you today and I think he has planted a seed in your heart and he is the sower and he's going to make it grow. Uh, and I, I, I was really encouraged by that. So if you're a nine-year-old child, you can still hear God speak. And if you don't believe, go and read the book of Samuel. Okay, so there we go. So, but we have to be willing to accept, don't we? We have to be willing to be open to God. So let's, uh, let's sing uh, one more song. Um, be free. Just for a few moments in silence, let's ask God to fill us. Meet us at our point of need. Whether it's in our brokenness, wherever we are, may we meet with the living God. Fill us anew, Lord Jesus, with your life-giving spirit, with your powerful breath, and with the fire of your love. Amen. Now there's one more thing I want to talk about today and uh, John's going to come and read to us from the last part of Acts chapter 2. I think. Yes? You come to read, John? Oh, well, I, I kind of... Okay, I'm, I, I'm introducing... This is... Okay, I'll introduce your reading. Sorry, I, I wrote it so I can change it, you know. <laughs> like, like bishops in royal services. Um, basically, we started off today by having a birthday song, didn't we? Do you like birthdays? Yeah, nice having birthdays. Um, so, no, not, not everyone does. Not everyone does. But, do you know, um, we were talking earlier about the individual response of the Holy Spirit... But something even more important happened on that day. It wasn't just about individuals. And Christianity is not just about individuals. It's about the body, the church. And so what we see in this next passage is the church has been born. The birthday of the church. And uh, it's really important that Christians are together in the church. We're part of the body. We can't really live on our own. An arm walking down the road is a bit silly because it can't walk, can it? Uh, and without eyes, it can't see where it's going. So, um, John, are you going to come and read to us now? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> you can tell this is a military man, you see. He's, he's, he's waiting for precise instructions. I was given a schedule. Yes. <laughs> I've got a shorter one than you, Yanis. So this is Acts 2, uh, 41 to 47. Those who accepted his message were baptised, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together 
and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give anyone who had, to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily to those who were being saved. Thank you very much, John. Okay, so there's the birthday of the church. And there's a lovely description there of what the church is about. Um, Right at the beginning, there's an interesting little word, devoted. What does it mean to you, the word devoted? Set apart? Mm, Yeah. Nothing else. If I'm devoted, indeed, if I'm devoted to my wife, um, I'm devoted to her and not to other people. You know? And um, in, in the right way, of course. So, um, yeah. Um, anything else? What can you, you can be devoted to? Anything. Giving yourself. It's about giving yourself, yeah. You can be devoted to your work. You can be, yes, You, you, you are committed to it. Yep, yep, exactly. They're devoted. And, and what did they do? Look in, look in the Bible then in uh, Acts chapter 2, uh, verses 42. What were they devoted to? Teaching. Well, they had the apostles there, didn't they? They had the apostles like Peter to teach them. We don't have Peter to teach us now, but we do have the Bible. So we have the apostles' teaching in here. Okay? Uh, what else were they devoted to? Oh. Fellowship. Would anyone like to tell me what is fellowship? Oh. A cup of tea after the service? A bit of it, Yes. Supporting, it's a very, very deep word actually, fellowship. It can be communion, it can be partnership, sharing, participation. All those words can come out of there. It means really being together and doing stuff together. That's what the church is about. What else were they devoted to? Breaking of bread. Very important. The breaking of bread and the sharing of wine uh, is something that they did. They were devoted to. It's an important part of being, being church. And then finally, prayer. So there's just four things that are defining church, isn't it? Teaching, uh, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. Those four things are what church is all about, what being the family of God is all about. Okay. Uh, they belonged to each other. How did they show they belonged to each other? <clears throat> Look a bit further on in this passage. They did. Right, folks, so today, you must sell everything you've got, cars, houses, and we'll all move in together, and we'll all... Gosh, they were committed, weren't they? You'll all be walking out straight away, yes. But that's what they did. Because they were so committed to following Jesus that at that time they thought that was the thing to do. Although, actually, if you look further on, not everybody sold everything all in one go. But sometimes people did. 
and they sold some of their property and gave it. So they basically were completely devoted to each other. Now, we, we are in a different place now, aren't we? So we're not expecting that to be belonging to this church means you have to sell everything and, and share it with everybody else. But sharing with one another is a very important part. I mean, I remember when Karen's mum and dad were um, not, not active churchgoers or believers, and on one occasion, um, we, our car broke down. Uh, unfortunately, it was the car we bought from them. <laughs> And we weren't able to go and visit them at Christmas. Uh, but somebody in our church, because uh, they lived in Carlisle, it was a long way to go, um, somebody in our church said, you can have our car. And they just let, lent us their, their car. And so we drove up to, uh, to, to see Karen's mum and dad in someone else's car. And they said, where do you get that car? Uh, our friends lent it to us from church. And that really spoke to them. That really spoke to them of the love of God. So sharing is is really important in what we do together.